press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. I can't seem to remember how the intro goes tonight. I don't know what's going on with me. I know. But you know what's weird? I need to tell you something that I haven't shared with you yet. Hmm. I have reincorporated creamer into my hot coffee <laughs> that I've started <laughs> drinking this week. Here I am thinking that you're going to like tell me something important. And it's just about creamer. Okay. Well, it's well, it's well documented in my life that iced coffee is a huge part of my life. Okay, you know, gay. I have, my, I have my Keurig. I have my Starbucks. I have my, you know, wherever I go, even in London, right. I was scouring, which we'll get into that. We will get into that. But Dylan, I, for some reason on Sunday, I was watching Heartstopper season two, was feeling like cozy. I went for a nice little walk. I was doing a rest day from the gym. So I really, truly just had a day where I was like, I'm going to chill. I felt this weird urge to have some hot coffee with Coffee Mate French Vanilla Creamer, which our parents, of course, drank growing up. So that's why I think I like it. So I went to the store, grabbed some. I have had it every single day since. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a treat. No, I have had it every single day, including I brought two thermoses of coffee to the gym and work today, one with iced coffee and one with hot coffee with French vanilla in the dead of summer. And I just needed to get that out there. I don't know why I'm t- telling you this. Oh, because I'm highly caffeinated. That's where this whole thing is coming say, up. I was going to say, I know that you but get I, tired. So I know. And I, I even had some. Oh, my God. I had dinner last night and finished it up with a, a coffee, with coffee mate creamer. And it was uh, not decaf. No. And for some reason, I was still able to fall asleep. I don't know. I love that for you. I, you know, you're, you're a liquid kind of girl. You always have more than one liquid with you at all given times. Like you'll sometimes send Snapchats at work of like your iced coffee and your water and your kombucha or whatever else you might have. <laughs> so I feel like you've got, you're off the sauce, AKA kombucha. I was on it a little bit cause I was on some antibiotics and I wanted to settle my stomach. LOL. But wait, right. I think I was also inspired because in London, the post drink, the post meal tea or coffee is huge. It's huge. It, you know, they offer you like, do you want coffee or dessert here? But I feel like there it's almost like part of the meal. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. For sure. I did yeah. decline while I was there, oddly enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now that I'm back in America, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the sauce. I'm on the sauce. Your, as um, the thing about Coffee Mate French Vanilla, though, is that it it's disgusting. <laughs> like, I taste that and I'm like, oh, I used to steal sips of this as a child. <laughs> I remember just our parents would drink it and like, I wanted to feel like them. And so I would like drink a little bit of it. I know. But anyway, Dylan, are you well? What's going on? You said you needed to talk to me about something Troy Savon related. You're like, I'm not going to say until we record. So what is yes. going on? Okay. Well, today I was talking to Hunter on the phone and one of his friends was in the background and was saying, Dylan, what do you think about this Troy Savon thing about him being a, a top and not being a bottom? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the thing of him not knowing who Cher was. No, 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 no. That is funny, though. He was like, is she in Mamma Mia? I thought that was cute. (laughs) Whatever. The thing is, 
it's another this is I'm, I'm like a huge troy simon defender all the time but like you know there's those queens that get clocked on rupaul for not knowing like 70s and 80s references and they're like young people it's like so what either like they we still need to learn certain things or like they know other things like we don't all need to have the same vocabulary of all of like the old movies and references granted Cher is a freaking worldwide legend that everyone should know who she is so i'm surprised to, that troy didn't know her at first but i know well i have to say she is so iconic and to your point on drag race they did a they did a share musical that's true that's true they did do a share musical i mean she is a legend i mean the photo that was shown of her in troy's defense looked like it could have been chad michaels oh I mean, my god who's also become like a meme recently i feel like everyone's like resurfacing chad's body of work i know what's going on i don't know i think it's because she kind of looks like carrie bradshaw in that, oh, one picture. that one picture that was yeah 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 anyways okay my thing is though so when i was asked what do you think about him being a pop i said we've always known he was top and there was a pregnant pause and I was thinking about how in the song Bloom, mm-hmm. Troy says, I bloom just for you. So everyone's like, oh, he's this gay pop star who has a song about bottoming. Yeah, for one person. Right. The person the song is about. Right. You didn't understand that. You weren't listening to the lyrics. And the schools have failed us. Reopen the schools, as they say. Yeah, reopen the schools. The education system has failed us because <laughs> Troy is clearly was a top. And like, Anyone who is, you know, it just goes to show that we're not actively listening or putting things together. He gives off bottom vibes. All twinks aren't bottoms, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, he's just like some little twink. It's like, no, he's a, yeah, but he's like, a big twink. You know, it's the skinny ones that surprise you. And I'll just let you all interpret that. With I think everyone knows. I think everyone skinny. with experience. Yes, I think everyone <laughs> can recognize that. But like, I don't know. I, I think that it was just, it's been sort of a silly thing that everyone is confusing how he identifies. We oh, say. right. Well, I, then, I saw a tweet that was saying that Rush kind of came and went like a popper's hit. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it recently in the clear group and I, the whole the whole place went up is what I'll say. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. when we were on the Britney boat a couple weeks ago, it came on and it was a moment. Everyone just was living. They played that during the Britney. Yeah. Cause it's like interstitial pop. It's a DJ set. So they're going in and out of songs. It's not like a playlist. That's like this, 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 this. Speaking of playlists, I need to make my birthday party playlist. Have you made yours yet? I don't get to have one. I don't get to have oh, control Oh, no. Over it. Can you help me yeah. make mine? Yeah. Okay. Wait. The Britney boat, it's funny you mention that because I feel as though this podcast is every fall is anchored by boats <laughs> around Manhattan. Right. Like one of the very first episodes was called Still on the Boat, and it was with Lane Krause. What was the boat that we went on? That was the fall of the Gaga boat. And I don't, Gaga, I don't know why right. that came up in that episode. That was back in the era of like, we were really mining our personal lives for details. And we felt like we had to like, be really interesting to hook listeners because we were just like we, a brand new pod. I still, I still feel that way sometimes, but no, it no was it's much more natural now. It's much more the night now. before the podcast, we went to a tattoo Gaga party where they were like tattooing people. And it was the same party promoter who did the boat thing. There it is. There it is. And remember, Bowen Yang was there. And I don't even think he was on SNL yet, was he? I don't know. Maybe he was. That might have been his first year. God, that was fun. That The era of like China Chalet, people were smoking indoors. And that was a fun venue because there was clearly like the sitting section, yes. the mingling hallway, and the dance yeah. floor. 
Absolutely. So it, fun. It really helped. Yeah. You could like chill out where you needed to, or there's never enough bars in those types of venues though. It's yeah. like you all end up in one place, even on the boats. I, I always found there was like a drought of, of bartenders in particular too. I'm kind of worried about that for my birthday party. If there's not enough bartenders, cause I'm having it at a location that I won't say on the pod, but <laughs> I think I chose the location because it's near where I live. It's near the gay club, but also it's a great indoor outdoor vibe. Oh, there's both. And, yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Is it and private? It's going to be half of it is private inside for me. And then the rest of it's, I think we'll just kind of take over the whole thing. But the, the service is, in my opinion, slow there because it's a lot of specialty cocktails. Okay. And so a part of me even thought, oh, should I ask them if I can hire on a third bartender for the night? <laughs> Which I said diva of me. Well, are you allowed? That's a good thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's coming up on that episode that's dropping on our birthday. But listeners here will hear it now. On this bonus twin talk, we are having parallel... Birthday parties, parallel mothers right. vibes. Pedro Almodovar, <laughs> you're Penelope Cruz, and I'm the other actress that was in it. And they're going to be at the same time on the same night. And I swear to you, Dylan, we need to figure out a way to have at least for like a little bit some sort of fun FaceTime where people can I come know. up and wave at your party and wave at mine. Or I don't know how to work it. If it's just FaceTime on a laptop, that could be simple, right? I know, but I, I, someone will then have to be bodying that laptop full time because I don't want you know, it to get damaged or fall or anything. I don't know. Maybe someone will be into the idea and will want to help. But it'll have to be on both ends. Right. Like I could have my laptop set up and you could have yours and they could just be FaceTiming each other and they could be on mute. Everybody on mute. (laughs) Funny how that became a thing. I know. The Beyonce, everybody on mute thing that was always a fun aspect of the song. And when you'd hear it at the club, people would like do it, but it's really become a thing. It's like, yes. It's like with the Eras tour, this who does Taylor give the 22 hat to? It's interesting what really becomes. Is that a thing? Apparently. I see tweets about it all the time. But I think it's because I like all the Taylor Swift tweets. So now I'm just seeing Eras tour content. But uh, yeah, I, I must say I'm grateful for this break Me between Eras tour dates. It was like every weekend, <laughs> you would just sort of be inundated with content about it, which I mean, I love. I love seeing what everyone wears and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely been a lot. And we'll talk more about our birthday as we get closer, I'm sure. But you recently took a little summer vacation. I did. I went to London and I saw some great theater. I want to hear all about it. I'm so jealous. You know, when you were planning the trip, I said to you, I was like, (laughs) you know, this is the difference between you and me. Like, I would have been at every single show imaginable, filling every time slot. And you're always like, I don't want to fly across the country to sit in a theater the whole time. Well, I had a great balance. It was four days, three shows. That's still a lot of shows. Oh, I feel like you were there longer. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It was such a fun trip. Oh my God, I had such a great time. Shout out to my London oomphies. Sad to the ones that weren't able to be in town at the time. I know. It's a it's a bummer. But it, it felt like a nice continuation from the trip we took in January, Dylan, because I stayed in a similar area. I kind of knew the neighborhood, where to walk, where to go. Had like a big gay night out in Soho. Took a tour of the National Theater on Saturday, yeah. which was so cool. I actually didn't see a show that was playing there, but one of them that w- it was in previews stars Taylor Russell, who is allegedly dating Harry Styles. From Bones and, and All. From Bones and All, Mama. I want you to eat me Bones and All. That's my Another impression. movie that came and went. Apparently it's on a streamer right now, though. So maybe it's it'll have VOD. a... <laughs> no, wait, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's been on VOD. It's on Tubby. I can see that. Yeah. Tubby. <laughs> tubby? Is it Tubby or Tubby? Yeah, okay. 
I know. Right in. But the National was stunning. I learned so much about, like, why it's on the South Bank. Like, the theater is literally pointing towards the West End on an angle. And I learned all about why. And I got to see a couple of the spaces. We got to go backstage and see... Okay, I'm randomly so stagey right now. I we know, and I love it. <laughs> we got to go backstage and see... They have an entire scene shop in there, and they make everything there. And they were preparing for their winter production of The Witches, based on the Roald Dahl novel. Oh, yes. We got, we, you know, we learned about the different spaces that they have there and why certain pieces will go into each one. And very fascinating. Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. It would have been even cooler had I seen a show at the National or if, you know, we, of course, went there when we went in January just to, like, look around a little bit. But yeah, I think you would have loved this tour. It was cool. My tour guide was good but she wasn't that funny which is fine but i kind of want a little more charm from her but she was definitely very informative and fun shout out to her she did a good job and <laughs> my <laughs> my group was huge other than that the other you know theatery things i did was i saw brokeback mountain the play uh i'm so jealous that you saw mike feist in person but you and i uh, did see a lot of his new york work when when we were living in the city and he was relatively unknown we did see his new york work i just have to say star he is amazing. I went into it thinking he was playing the Heath role. I thought Ennis, he right? was Ennis. Turns out he's Jack. And he was incredible, just so charismatic. You know, and of course he's not queer, so it's like ugh, problematic. I'm so I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of that argument. Maybe I'm like regressing a little bit, but I'm kind of at a point where like you don't care. Okay. I mean, I care. I do care. I would prefer the queer actor be doing it, but I also get like Mike Weiss is a star on the rise. He fit the role great. He did such a good job. It is a closeted character, so maybe Mike Weiss is closeted. Maybe he is. I don't know yes. much about we don't him, know. actually. We don't know. He's not on much social like, media. Much like the leads of Red, White, and Royal Blue, we don't know how any of them identify. So Right, right. Now, something like a film is a different story to me in a way, I have to say, because it's on such a bigger sure. platform. But I'm not going to get choosy or too picky with it because I love queer content in general. But And how was Lucas Hedges as Ennis? Well, first of all, it was like 90 minutes straight through and it's a frame Ooh. story. Uh, you know, kind of nice. Which they, they cut all the cattle rearing scenes? That is still in it somehow. Believe oh, it or okay. not, there you know, the first 20-25 minutes is them puttering around rearing the... There's a sheep. Rearing the sheep in the mountain. And it's not cattle. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a frame story in a way with older Ennis looking back on what happened to him on Brokeback Mountain. Oh, wag. And he's on stage the entire time. Older Ennis looking back on this memory. Fun home vibes. Very fun home vibes. It was also in the round. So I was like, where is Allison? I'm, and he would exclaim things infrequently. Sometimes he would just say like, don't, don't go, don't leave him. Like, oh, oh, I have chills. I could see it just being so amazing. Do you? And there was music that played sort of around the story. So it was not, and it would connect scenes and would help you kind of emotionally connect with yeah. some of the pieces. It was super intimate. I loved the music. I thought that was, that was actually one of my favorite aspects of it. Cause it really, like I said, helped you set the vibe. I love music and, in a play. Yeah. And it was a great, it was a really, really great music and great vocalist and, but Mike was great, and I loved the actress that was playing Ennis's wife, aka the Michelle Williams role. Yeah, yeah, she it's, a, it's a meaty that. part. Um, and then the, who played Anne? Like, was it a British actress that was the Anne Hathaway? The character is cut from this piece. Oh, interesting. Okay, so is so he, they're, they're not both married to wife. He is still married, but to just a not, wife. She's not present. She's not present, and 
there is a phone call scene at the end, the pivotal Anne Hathaway phone call scene, which if you've seen Brokeback Mountain, you know this scene. It was played with a voiceover, and then Lucas is acting opposite a pre-record, and it just didn't connect with me in the way that I wish it would have. Was it Anne's voice? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be a gag if they got that they still me, had Anne's voice? Yeah, that would have been Annie Annie calling in. <laughs> I want that for when it eventually probably moves to Broadway, but I thought it was really good, and Mike was amazing. Loved Emily Farron, I think her name was, who played the wife, and the music was really good. I did not connect with Lucas's performance, but he did a fine job. Okay, so mm-hmm. you saw Brokeback, and then I know that you also got to see Mamma Mia at the party, which I am Ugh. kicking myself for not going back in January when you I went. know. It was one of the funnest theatrical experiences ever. I mean, from the second you walk into the taverna, they really take the word immersive and run with it. From the second you enter, I mean, I had a friend who I was with at it, who was able to talk me through all of this. And I think it's, there's elements I would have noticed, but because they were pointed out to me, I was able to really appreciate them. Like, for example, when you walk in, like literally after they take your ticket, you enter, they have the temperature turned up. So you feel like you're in Greece. Oh, and it's, fun. It's, and they have, it's scented with this certain flower. So like, it really feels like you've just entered this, you know, this immersive experience. Yes. You know, it's, it's fantastic. From the set, everything you walk in, just just beyond, just beyond. The staff who's working there, everyone's in character. You go and you get your little welcome drink, and immediately upon, you're you're eating on the set. So like you're part of the whole experience. And the way, without saying too much about it, the way the cast interacts with the audience is just so clever. It's so fun. It's three acts and you kind of eat and drink in between or during. Oh, okay. So it's not like dinner and theater. Okay. No, no. Yeah. They pause for it. But like, you can obviously still eat during it, but the drinks were flowing and it's ABBA. I mean, it, it, Dylan, you will love it so much. It's inspired by the film. Right. It's not, you're not seeing Mamma Mia. No. It's a new but, story. With and Mamma Mia exists within the story though. Because okay. I, okay. I don't want to say too much about it because... That just, just goes to just show how versatile the music and the story could be. Oh my God. And the cast was so great. I was actually seated with the director and some of the other people who work on the show. And I loved that because I was able, they were able to tell me, I was able to still appreciate the story and the show and the experience, but kind of get some like tidbits as I was going like, mm-hmm. oh, that didn't go exactly right. Or that was a little different tonight than usual. Or the audience is reacting differently than usual. Or because it's immersive, you sometimes don't know where to look, but they'd be like, you're going to want to look over there. You know what I mean? So, and you, you did mention to me that it starred X Factor finalist, Luke Friend. Yes. And I will say it's more ensemble cast vibes than you'd think, but he is one of the leads and it was so good. Cannot recommend it enough. I really hope it comes to America, but Dylan, it was so fun. You, I wish you would have been with me because, oh my God, it is just Fun, 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 fun. I think fun. The, the first immersive experience I ever had, I think, was going to the Rainforest Cafe. And I think <laughs> ever since then, it's been, I've been chasing that high of uh, immersive dining and, Not, and no. show experiences. You really sold it to me. And I also, from like what I am gathering is like the West End, like UK theater, they've mastered immersive theater. The best thing I think I've seen in the States that's immersive was Great Comet in that way mm-hmm. whereas like i mean other things in the round have been immersive too but like yeah in this way that, like you're enraptured in that world whereas like we got to see burnt city i mean i know that sleep no more is popular in the states but it's you know but something over there too but the other thing you saw was guys and dolls and that was immersive too yes which i want to get all into 
And I'm realizing now we need to switch over to Drama Plus, our Patreon. Okay. Because we, we still have a lot to talk about. And we've got to talk about Guys and Dolls, this incredible immersive experience. Yes. And I if know. we have time, speaking of immersive, Cabaret West End. Yes, they've announced some new cast members. And we do have some drama to get to. There's so much. Okay. We have to say goodbye, everyone. Mm-hmm. But we'll see you at patreon.com slash the drama podcast. Yeah, you just got to tap in the notes below this episode where you'll get part two. I don't know if it's all going to be one big episode and you'll have to scrub to this far in the episode or if it's going to be its own separate yeah. second part. But tune in there and, you know, it's only $5 and you'll get tons of bonus episodes when downloading that. And, you'll get and if you like this chat, friends, I mean, oh, right. Hello. Which is getting juicier by the day. I have to say we're getting yeah. a little crazy on there. Oh, and if you liked this chat where it's Dylan and I going back and forth, that's the bonus episodes you get. So, you know, it's it's really, really fun and loose. And we got some shit. We, we better head over. Not a soul can clock. <laughs> All right, Connor. I'll see you over on Drama Plus. Drama. Drama.